Zdravo Maka. Bonjour, Streety. We're coming to you with the World Cup preview. We're a couple of hours away from the World Cup final, France versus Croatia. So we thought we'd uh, open up Sports and Speed episode 14 with a bit of a Croatian and a French greeting. That's correct. And uh, we're very excited. The World Cup final is almost upon us. Macca's on the wines. I've been uh, hitting the grappa. (laughs) We are indulging and embracing the cultural um, battle that will be France versus Croatia in a couple of hours' time. Uh, So we are very excited about one of the, uh, probably one one of the highlights of the sporting calendar for 2018, obviously. And if uh, you're going to listen to this tonight before the game, we thought you'd do, we'd do you a favour and give you an hour or so to uh, fill your time to try and stay awake. <laughs> we'd give you something to listen to. Before the 1am kickoff. There was a bit of a, a, a contradiction to some of the uh, dribble that some of the commentators go on with beforehand. But if, uh, so if you like listening to Sports and Spit, this will give you an hour to fill before the World Cup final tonight. So, But uh, plenty more to talk about before we get to the World Cup final street, isn't there? Sure is. Um, where do you want to start? Mate, uh, look, let's... Um, I like the theme we spoke about before, we, before we came on, on air, which is uh, sports' greatest comeback. So I'm making a little bit of a comeback to the microphone after a, a, a few days out with a, a bit of surgery myself. Yeah, um, well, why don't, you, why don't you tell us about that? Well, I got a new pacemaker, mate. I, um, for, since I was a very young boy, I've had a cardiac pacemaker. Um, to help me with uh, a problem that I had with my heart when I developed when I was very young. Um, and uh, on Friday of last week, I went to see uh, my pacemaker technician at the John Hunter Hospital and, and just for a routine checkup and uh, left there with the news that my pacemaker had left less than three months of life left on it. So um, does that mean you essentially had three months of life left? I, th- that's true. That is, that's what they reference it as. I, I actually, I'm not so. Sh- I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that maybe <laughs> there's a threshold beyond the threshold. But they did tell me that uh, I had passed the threshold of less than three months' life left um, about a month ago. So uh, they quickly rushed me into hospital on Thursday. Just gone, mate. And I had a new pacemaker put in. So um, I'm not sure if that meant that I had less than two months of life left on the pacemaker but um anyway it doesn't really matter because i've got a new one now mate so i should have a good eight to ten years on that one do you ever see that movie the bucket list i did see the movie the bucket list yeah so so maybe like if you had have told us we could have prevented you know we, we could have at least got a good two months worth of bucket list activities out and rushed you in just like <laughs> right at the last minute you reckon? yeah just, just with a day or two to spare to have this, yeah, this probably, thing put in we probably should have done that actually i'm not so sure my family would have wanted me to run it to that level imagine but, uh, some of the sporting events we could have attended um, on the back of well it's a bucket list he might not make it so yeah, we've got yeah. to get him there that's like, a pretty good idea we actually. probably would be in, uh, in in Moscow for the World Cup final tonight we could have been and we could have probably jumped straight over from the Wimbledon finals yep back to France for the celebrations if France win and catch some of the Tour de France yeah absolutely yeah we really didn't think about this very well did we no Oh, well, next time it's we a bit have selfish, to come. mate. That was a bit selfish. <laughs> you could have had three or four, maybe five, six mates come with yeah. us. Would have been good. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, I would have pulled through like I have, and but uh, instead and we've we got you to pay for it at some point. We've got you for the long run, but yeah, that's right. The long run being, yeah, um, this is actually not not a bad thing. This has happened. Um, no, this soon. No, it's good. I mean, I, I'd, I'd rather get it out of the way as soon as possible because there's a, a bit of a major event next year that we want to have you ready for. 
Yeah, I, well, this is you're talking obviously about our proposed trip to the United States. Sports and Spit NBA tour. Yeah, yeah, and inclusive of the New York Marathon. Yeah, I am hoping to. Uh, I, I there was always a, a bit of doubt in my mind that that I would need a new pacemaker pretty soon, and so we have been speaking a group of mates uh, and I and Streety included, obviously, that we'd like to go over and watch some NBA games together next year in 2019. Yep. And I did make the promise that if I, if I got a new pacemaker and I was fit and healthy, that I would sign up and run the New York Marathon in 2019, my 40th year on on the earth. Yeah, well, uh, I can't run because of my <clears throat> horrid knee, um, mm-hmm. but I'd be more than happy to be a support crew and <laughs> cheer from the cheer from the streets with a beer in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people do. The last time I ran New York, though, it was a lot of people that were drunk during the day, mate. I yeah. reckon you could probably take care of that for us. Easy. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have a camera and... Uh, I'll, Record some yeah, sound bites. That's a pretty good idea, actually. So, anyway, all's looking up for the 20, 2019 trip to America and potentially the New York Marathon yeah, again but, for me. I mean, more importantly, um, it looks as though your wife isn't going to be widowed and your children are going to have a dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not the important thing. I, look, to be honest, I'm not so sure she would have cared too much. I think uh, I think our trip's secondary. But, uh... <laughs> no, it all went well. I was very happy. I am back on my feet only after a couple of days of... Uh, of rest and recovery, which is good. I must thank my surgeon, Professor Richard Chard. I'm sure he doesn't listen, but um, if he is, mate, he's a genius. He's uh, got me back on my feet a lot sooner than I've been back on my feet for other surgeries. So if you are following from home, I'm fit and healthy, and I'm back behind the microphone for another hour of sports and spit. Sweet. Yeah. Well, let's uh, kick it off. We've got Wimbledon. Um, You know, like in, in the hysteria of England bring it home or it's coming home. Well, let's talk about that first, right? Yeah. So England as a whole nation got a little bit carried away with themselves, didn't they? They did. They thought they were going to bring home the World Cup. They saw the draw open up and they thought, oh, this is this is going to happen. This is, this is <coughs> you know, all this... Um... And the draw did open up for them. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a... Well, no, it's not that any games at the World Cup are easy, but, I, like, I mean, you know, it was a pretty good run for them. Yeah, do you think Croatia's been kind of been... Underlooked or, or written off in oh, all this? Maybe we'll talk a little bit later about about what. But I, I, what I will say later is I feel like probably the best thing about this World Cup is is how unpredictable it has been, and the fact that not many of the tra- traditional powerhouses of football yeah. have made it through. And yeah. and we spoke about that in the preview episode of the World Cup, where we spoke about the teams that didn't even make it to the finals. But you know when you looked at the pool games and then after the round of 16 you know the likes of Germany Brazil going out you know like there was some teams there that yeah. you know you that just didn't perform yeah well I'm sure somewhere in the, in the UK uh, Johnny Wilkinson is sitting there with a wine in his hand with a smug look in his face mm. thinking I'm the last guy that kicked England to a World Cup win <laughs> it's just yeah, a shame it was in rugby the, over the top of the wallabies unfortunately uh, so yeah so look I think uh, everyone in England probably is now focused on Wimbledon and, and the women's final went on last night. So if you talk about good comebacks, Serena Williams made a great comeback. It fell one game short, though, in the sense of, or one match short, I should say. She couldn't get over the top of Angelique Kerber in the women's final last night. No. So, now we just saw some highlights then on the news. Um, definitely didn't look like the uh, Serena of old. But she has had a baby less than 10 months ago. She has, yeah. And she's done very well to get back on court. And I mean, you know, so if you talk about best comeback, she'd have to be up there. I mean, uh, having a child, as we both know, we haven't 
physically done it ourselves, but we've witnessed it. And you're only a couple of short months away from witnessing it again. True. But uh, you're going to, like, to be back on the court and competing at a tennis major is pretty amazing, right? It is. And it is. To, but to be able to make it to the final as well, she, you know, she looks like she's rusty in her game in terms of some of those highlights. So she made some, you know, uncharacteristic errors, and which seemingly cost her the match, but. You can't fault her, right? Like, I mean, she's done okay to get there. It's almost like a case of uh, even when you lose, you win. Yeah, pretty kind much. Of like, kind of like LeBron making the NBA Finals, you know. When you lose, By himself, you win. and he still well, made it. Well, it's a win because they. Well, you know, he knows how to lose him. He hasn't. He's lost more than he's won, hasn't he? So that's correct. I think but, he's, uh, yeah, he's made himself. But the men's final is coming up tonight at Wimbledon. So, Djokovic and John Anderson. John Anderson, never heard of him. Never heard of him, the South African? Well, you heard of him after his semi-final against... Well, I did. Um, oh, Kevin Anderson, sorry, not John Anderson, because he... Uh, sorry, Kevin Anderson and Novak Djokovic. And, uh... Oh. And that was a little bit of background music for you. Yeah. But, uh... But you heard of Kevin Anderson after he semi-final with John Isner, which went for six and a half hours. Now, the fifth set... Yeah, Twenty six, twenty four. Yeah. So a bit of marathon uh, game there for isn't he? He's he's no stranger to these uh, long games of tennis. No, he was he was involved in the longest game, which also occurred at Wimbledon, right? Yep. Against Nicholas Mahmoud. Yep. Fifty seven, fifty five. Fifty seven, fifty five. Can set. you imagine that? Fifty seven, fifty five, and that game I remember, if I remember rightly, went over two days. Fourteen hours. Yeah, so they played it over two days because of bad light, I think. Yeah. And they came back and played the fifth set the next day. Fifty seven, fifty five. Like, so this begs the question, and this is the media that's gone out since that semi final. Do is there a need for a tiebreaker in the fifth set of of, of a tennis major, Street? What do you think? Nah. I mean, it's very rare that you get these massive scores, but it's it's fun to talk about when it actually happens. And actually, if if you're in the moment and you're watching it, it's it's yeah. you know it's it's if if the game went two days and fourteen hours, and you might think when's this going to be over? But uh, yeah. yeah, well, that Ma- Nicholas Mahmoud John Isner game happened in I think it was like the third round or something. It was yeah. a very early round of Wimbledon, so I haven't seen it happen in a semi final. So to decide a semi final with such a long fifth set, I'm, I mean. The game will tell tonight if Kevin Anderson has no legs. That's right. It's because he's been it's been run out of him. But although Djokovic had a pretty pretty long kind of like semi and yeah, yeah well you know yeah, he had to beat Rafael Nadal. There's no slouch. I'd right? take Djokovic in straight sets. Yeah, so I would say Djokovic is probably with dead set favourite. He's beaten Kevin Anderson, you know, five out of six times or something like that. Yeah, so, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I think. Uh, I don't necessarily think they need to change the rule. I, I think the rule of not having a tiebreak in the fifth set was set up for things like this, so that players had to play it out. So you had to get that two, two game advantage. And it becomes a, you know not just a physical battle, but uh, yeah, a, a mental battle too. Yeah, well, I saw an interview with Kevin Anderson straight after the match, uh, the semi final. I mean, and and really his focus was more on. The mental state of John Isner having lost. Hmm. This is quite a strong show of sportsmanship. What he was more concerned about was, look, I'm sorry I'm not more excited. I, I, 
I really feel for John Isner because I wouldn't have wanted to lose that match mm. given how much we had to put into it, you know? Mm. Which is a pretty nice thought for a bloke who's just played for six and a half hours or something. I'd be like, yeah, well... Yeah, but I mean, it isn't a one game, 57-55, so this should have been a walk in the park for him. Yeah, that's right. Maybe <laughs> the, what's he isn't doing? Maybe he just coasts through the fifth sets. I don't know. Maybe he yeah. needs to have a good long hard look at himself. So we're watching a bit of the a, a bit of the other sporting event that's going on in Europe at the moment, the Tour de France, and that's pretty exciting. Richie Port, the Aussie's just crashed out. He's broken his collarbone, so he'll have to make a big comeback from a big sporting injury. I think it'd be a pretty fun trip. Um, to go do that if you're a cycling enthusiast do you reckon it would be fun to watch the the Tour de France I've always wondered if it was a bit like watching car racing like you just sit on a corner and people go past and then they're gone I've got got a friend of mine and a fellow podcaster in the photography industry he's quite into his cycling and he's over there at the moment okay so I've been keeping tabs of his Instagram account uh, his whereabouts has he he got some great photos yeah yeah well (coughs) pardon me got a cough He's actually they're riding some stages after the tour goes through. Oh right, um, and they a lot of a lot of people. This is a bit of a thing. They they replicate the route. And right. They, just, they follow town to town and they do their social rides up the mountains. Through the, he's currently my friend's in the Pyrenees at the moment, but yeah, um, trying to replicate a few routes in my time. Yeah, it doesn't work that well for I'm me. Like a good simulation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Every night, I guess. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but so what's are they allowed to ride afterward like so once the tour once the peloton goes through it's just life as normal I suppose it's like a big tour group right yeah 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 exactly okay hey well, listen um, just on on the back of your comeback yeah um, there's just a it just made me sort of uh, you know think about some uh, former athletes or a- athletes who have made great comebacks yeah um, I'll give you a list of some Aussies here that uh, we've been Not that I at. consider myself an athlete. Like, no, no, more, but, but I mean... But I like watching you know, athletes. Some Australian and, and international. So mm. first off the bat we've got here is uh, Jesse Williams. Now, he's an Aussie that... Uh, oh, yeah, the big monster. The, the monster, yeah. Or he the was, monster. He was um, drafted in the NFL after a pretty successful career in drafted college football. by the Seattle Seahawks, I believe. Is that yeah, right? he ended up with uh, type 2 papillary cancer. Mm. Um, he had surgery was back in the gym just after two weeks yeah um, and he made a return to the NFL um, he's now not in the league but he's nah. working with um, as, a, as a mentor um, for underprivileged kids yeah and right doing quite well at that I think he was very unlucky Jesse he came out of college and he'd had a great college career and probably looked set to make a bit of a name for himself in the NFL but I, I think that that particular um, occurrence of cancer, I think, really, really did yeah. hold him back. So he did really well to actually get back there. It yeah. was amazing. Um, in the NRL, there was a fella, a winger for the Brisbane Broncos, Gerald Yao Ye. Yao Ye. He had a pretty gruesome uh, leg break. Mm. Um, he uh, attempted to make his way back in the Queensland Cup, um, got back to NRL level, um, playing two pre-seasons games, but. Uh, your injury, got, your injury got the best of him. He's, yeah, he's, he's now Jesse Williams and Darrell, yeah, both don't play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you telling me about well, my yeah. comeback? Because have I just made it back behind the microphone and that could be about it? Yeah, well, you know, there's, there was Brent Tate. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, Brent Tate with his big neck. Yeah, so he retired yeah. three times before he actually bowed out. Um, he yeah. came back from a neck injury and he, he wore that like jet pack. He did too, yeah. Under his uh, jet. He had a Roger Rand Under his jersey with that um, neck protector. But yeah. he also had three knee recos. Did he? And he came back from that, yeah. Yeah, right. 
Um, he was actually Steve Price's brother-in-law. There's a bit yep. of trivia for uh, you. On soccer, Craig Moore, former Steve Socceroo captain. Price, a great bulldog um, forward. He was actually diagnosed with testicular cancer in 2008. Was he? Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. Um, wow. Two years after the the Germany World Cup, where he yeah. was skipper. Um, Who, sorry? Craig Moore. Craig Moore. Yeah, yep. right. I didn't know that. He's got the Scottish accent. Well, there's been another crash in the Tour de France here. I can't tell what's going on. There's a heap of blokes, a heap of cars. Oh, Something's happening. Do you reckon these cars and motorbikes cause the accidents? Sometimes oh, they're, they're, they're right on a cobblestone road. Yeah, here. that's in Ro- Robar, I think, in, and that's which is part of the Paris to Robar Classic, which is a cobblestone race, and uh, and and so they're obviously riding on the streets, I believe, of Robar or one of the towns surrounding it. Cobblestone, they made a dead set. It's like riding with spoky dokes. Yeah, well, there's no suspension wheels. on these bikes. The mountain bikers would be laughing at these mm, bikes. No, they would be. Now they've just gone onto a smooth road. Oh, someone's got a flare out. It's and a Croatian a fan fives. by the look of it. So these Frenchies are a little bit too amped at the moment. Yeah, they are. They'd be pumped for the World Cup final. Ah, French all, French flags are flying. No, they'd be old. Uh-huh. They'd be shit faced already. I reckon they'd be blind. There's a lot of eskies on the sideline. Yeah. Too. Anyway. Back to my, uh, you know, my list. So we've got here uh, Michael Voss, yeah, Brisbane Lions captain. Yeah, pretty, right. pretty major broken leg. It was your broken leg, did he? Back yeah. in '98, come back, and two years later, skippers the Lions oh, to three consecutive premierships. What a legend! Um, David Pocock. Oh yeah. Um, a Wallaby great. He was. He um, came back from chaining himself to a fence somewhere. Yeah, he did that, but he also had uh, mm. a couple of pretty hectic knee injuries. Yeah. Uh, he came back and made it. Currently, I think he's back playing now with yeah, the Brumbies. Yeah, he's back playing with the Brumbies and um, the Wallabies too because he's had an argument with... Not an argument, but he's obviously disagreed with Israel Folau on his views on yeah. homosexuality. And we'll Turn our attention to some athletes from around the world. Oh, yeah. There's probably many big injury <clears throat> stories, but mm. what about Bethany Hamilton, the Hawaiian surfer that lost her arm oh, to she, a shark? Yeah, she got a, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So she's back on the board, surfing yep. in comps. Yeah, and killing it as well. Yeah. Yeah, and Cuddling around in circles. she's got her arm bitten off by a shark, but was back surfing mm. three weeks later. Oh wow, really? Oh my god! Yeah, geez, I was proud of myself getting back up and running after surgery. I'd and and, and, and she's she's, and she's won tour events three weeks. Um, and she's she won the women's pipeline as well. Did she really? Yeah, with one arm. Yeah. Oh wow. Go yeah. Bethany. Yeah, that's amazing. That's right. Uh, well, oh, everyone knows about know. Michael Jordan's flu game. Oh, yeah. We don't, don't need to talk about that anymore. Came back from having the um, flu. Cross. Some pretty severe leg breaks in basketball. Paul George. Oh, yeah. he had That was a really bad snapped leg Snapped his leg literally in he half. Ran into the basket Hitting sport, a basket, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Um, that was pretty gruesome. There's that guy, Kevin Ware, in the college oh, final four. Yes, from Louisville, University of Louisville. Yeah, that, that was probably yeah. the worst leg injury yeah. I've ever seen in, in, in any sport. I think I remember you texting me when that happened and... and I was watching it and I was like, I can't, I can't watch it. But they replayed it. Must be, must have replayed it a thousand times. You could actually see his yeah, um, career going. No, his, his tibia like, yeah. just sticking through oh, the skin and his yeah, leg. Horrible. Just the rest of his leg dangling by his muscle and skin. Yeah, was I remember that. Full on. Yeah. Live yeah. on US TV. Yeah, that's right. Crazy. Um, what about the, uh, and then Lance? Just kidding. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Coming back from having one nut, we can't bring him up. Not while the Tour de France is on. No, 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 no. no Lance, no, no. You didn't come back, Lance. You know it doesn't count, mate. So I mean, these guys come back from injuries, but none, none of them has a. Uh, you can't recall any like, like a bionic man like you are. No, there's not too many people like me. Yeah, the the only other person I could really think of was um, Oscar Pistorius, the the Blade Runner. The Blade Runner. 
Oscar yeah. Pistorius. Yeah, with his, his fake legs or his, uh, his, his yeah. robot legs. Yeah. You've got a bit of a robot heart going on. But, I do. Um, I just hope for your sake you don't end up going down a similar path as Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> well, I hope for my wife's sake I don't end up going down a path like Oscar Pistorius. Yeah, we, I might I need to find a new podcast partner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, surely they'll let me do it from Long Bay, wouldn't they? Oh, uh, well, isn't Oscar just under house arrest anyway? Yeah. Because it's not who you know, it's how much you've got. So. That's right. Well, you're back. Anyway, I'm back. I'm back. And, and so is Serena Williams. And, that, and, and we're very happy to see a mother get to the Wimbledon final. I think it's going to happen more often with the rise of women's sports and professionalism in those games um, that you are going to see women coming back from giving birth and being mothers. And we're very supportive of that. We're really, really quite proud of, of the fact that, you know, we, we are supportive fathers. Yeah. And uh, and we like to see that type, type of stuff happen. So. You know, it's good good to be back, and it's good to see people make good comebacks like that as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, it would be remiss of us not to touch on oh. what went down after we literally, yeah, literally straight after we finished recording episode thirteen. It was, and that's not a lie. We we filmed, or oh, sorry, we film we don't film anything. We recorded episode thirteen, and watching the first half of the Boomers versus the Philippines. FIBA World Cup qualifying game. And if you haven't heard of what's gone down from this game, you've oh, maybe... You, you haven't watched TV in the last six weeks then. You've yes. seen nothing. So Because this was probably one of the most shown pieces of footage across the world where the boomers in the Philippines got into quite the scuffle in this game, didn't they? It was the craziest uh, basket brawl I reckon I've ever seen. Is this was this worse than the Malice in the Palace? Well, yeah, the, we, we we referenced that moment a fair <clears> bit, <throat> the Malice in the Palace. But I don't, yeah, de- definitely in, t- in terms of. Uh, so I the mean, Malice in the Palace was the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers back in uh, two thousand four, and when Ron Artest and and a couple of guys got into it and actually went into the crowd and started yeah. fighting with fans too, right? Yeah. But this time the crowd yes. came to us. Well, yeah, and and quite luckily, I think in the Philippines the crowd on that court weren't courtside, no. right? So they couldn't couldn't quite get to, to to the groups of players. But but the players did a good enough job themselves, right? This game was just mayhem. That well, it wasn't was just crazy. the players; it is you know support staff, coaches, like, yeah, and and a whole bunch of people got involved in this fight, right? Yeah. So it all kicked off when. You know, pardon the pun, Daniel Kickett, <laughs> the Australian boomers forward, came across with a very cheap shot. Cheap shot. Cheap shot. to the An elbow to the face of one of the Filipino yeah. reserve guards who'd come on. He'd come on as an antagonist. He, like, they were down by 30. They, they had their shits, the Filipinos. And, um, and a lot of people don't reference this, but this, this, this Filipino bloke that came on laid out um, Chris Goulding. Oh, did he lay him out? So, or? so what it was, Gooding. Right. Well, I've seen it. Gooding he, took a charge. He got up. He must mm. have said something. So he he raises his arm. He, he knocks him over. So Kickett then comes across in defence of Goulding. Yeah. Um, rightly or wrongly, um, and just lays well, thought, lays this guy out even more. Yeah, I see. Goulding is a flop artist. He and and when you slow the footage down, I I saw that he he slid across. And got chested by the guard, and then the guard did. I'm not saying he he kind of more need him more than he did kind of elbow him, but he did raise his elbow. 
In any which it case, wasn't, he, he put him to the ground. I don't doubt that. Yeah. But I, but I, but I would still maintain that Daniel Kickett overreacted with his with his elbow to the face. Like yeah. Was, so I mean. People are saying that Kickett started it. Well, I probably would disagree. I mean, yeah, my, okay. my analogy would be that the Filipino guy lit the fire. And Kickett escalated it. Kickett just poured a can of petrol on it. Yeah, yeah And then it just all blew up. Um, yeah. You know, but we're certainly not, um, you know, saying that Kickett was in the right. He was definitely in the wrong and he'll get suspended and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the thing that probably... And you know, I was watching this live, and then I called well, you on the phone. Streety, yeah. So for those that, like, so Streety, well, I'd left Streety's place after we recorded episode thirteen, and actually got back to my house, which we don't live next door or anything. It was a fair way away, and I actually had gone to bed and got a phone call from you just as I was getting to bed, saying, "Mate, are you watching this? This is unbelievable." And I got up, and and then we just sat on the phone for 20 minutes talking about it didn't we like just sometimes saying, didn't say anything for five minutes like you're still there yeah yeah, yeah we're just yeah. watching this fight yeah just trying to get every angle and see what happened because there was so much to take in you know there were so many fights breaking out everywhere and and most of the filipino team had chris goulding on the ground underneath the basket i didn't even see the nathan Sobi cheap shot getting hit in the head and the chair getting thrown at him no, until, no, until well after piece of photos getting around like, that. Uh, where he got King hit in the face and the Australian Boomers bench did very well to stay out of it I think that was probably a really good but thing but the Filipinos didn't they all just went out like a no like a pack of uh, hungry hyenas after yeah. a carcass and they yeah. just literally just probably at one point probably 15 different people yeah, laying in the gourding, and, they, and these fifteen people were players, officials, yeah, and even even some crowd members had actually jumped mm. jumped the the fence um, or the or the barrier and come onto the court. Yeah, that's right. And uh, started to you know. So the so it all so when we say that Kickett started it or, or that that Filipino guard started it, they it, the story is is that it all started the day before when the Australian team decided to remove some decals from the court when they were having a shoot around. Yeah. So if, if you're not happy. familiar with the term decals, there was sponsor, stickers. sponsorship stickers on the court, yeah, um, which apparently were deemed by the Australians to be not have met FIBA standards, and they were slippery. So yeah. they, they they deemed them as a a, um, a risk, a injury risk, and they took it upon themselves without approval to remove them. And the Filipinos took great offence. Great offence. They did. It was like almost like a national disgrace that you would take the stickers off the court. That's right. Now I don't know. I'm not sure. Why stickers are held in such reverence in in the Philippines? I don't know. But I kind of get the impression I, that the Filipinos are very easily offended. Right. And um, is this a? Do you think it was like it's not polite to do something without asking? Well, probably. I, I just think they're very salty uh, yeah, okay. from um, Jeff Horn beating Manny Pacquiao <laughs> in that fight. You know? They haven't gotten over it, and they're very because because Jeff Horn was awarded a, a disputed. Uh, like fight with yeah that's right their, so their hero Manny Pacquiao they're not very um, welcoming of, of us Australians the Filipinos but then sporting grudges this is the, the bizarre thing was was that there was obviously bad blood between the teams because Kickett and and some of the players got into it in the warm ups when some of them tried to trip him over that's right and then so they started to push and shove there right so, yeah so. so there's footage of the layup lines going down and they mm. often you know meet it you know do shoot their laps at the respective baskets and then come back to the centre court. Mm. And a Filipino player has seen, been seen on a replay sticking his leg out, mm. trying in an attempt to trip mm. Kickett, who then takes 
objection to it, yep. and then um, pushes one of the Filipino players, and yep. then uh, a slight scuffle ensues, which yep. probably lasts maybe five or ten seconds, if that. Yep. And then it's all it's all over with, and then you know. But that obviously brewed for the whole game, and then exploded in the third quarter, and then, and then after all of this debacle, what was so crazy was was one was the amount of time that the Australian team were in that arena at risk of getting attacked again, not just by the Filipino team, but by the actual crowd. Like The safety of those players, both groups of those players, I couldn't believe that the referees actually left those players out there on their own. Like That was probably the scariest thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> those players should have been removed from the court under security. I mean, poor Delhi. And, and taken into into the, the change rooms where no one could get to them if, if it all blew up. Um, well, that's my opinion. Yeah, anyway, well, like, but. Matthew Delvadova, hmm. been in some big games. Yeah. Looks pretty unflappable in yeah. a lot of the NBA yeah. finals and things like that. LeBron's yeah. teammate, you know, played some well, big games. He, he, could, he looked visibly shaken and upset. He was, yeah, absolutely. Like he was crying. And I think you, yeah, definitely. Well, I think he was certainly, you'd be worried. I mean, the thing is, is that what they they have quoted themselves as saying as when they've all come back is, is how vulnerable they all felt at that point in time. They realised that, you know, they didn't expect anything like that to happen and then they started to realise exactly how vulnerable they, they were in that environment. You know, they could have been attacked by that crowd a lot more, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and it didn't look like there was enough people there to stop that happening and, and I don't think enough measures were taken for player safety. That's going to be one of the big fallouts here, not just for Australia as we compete in the Asian zone to qualify for, for the FIBA World Cup, but our NBA players, they're not going to want to play. No. And, and I don't, and I think... You know, FIBA have to look at... It. There's been no sanctions handed down from this yet, which Not is... Yet. There's a long time for them to review this, and I imagine they're going through every bit of footage they can get, but... Well, I'll give you my sanctions right now. Yeah, well, what do you think? What so, should happen, Street? So, kick it, uh, 12 weeks. Yeah. 12-week suspension, um, yeah. and whether that's across all form of basketball, yep. so he can't play a train or, you know, whether he's, you know, can't play international comps, I'll probably say his boomer's career is probably done for the next 12 months. Yeah. Um, Maker probably will get a, a, a shorter suspension. Mm-hmm. I mean, whilst he was running around throwing fly kicks, he never connected with anyone. Um, no, and it looked a little bit like that was Not a for a lack of trying, no. Yeah, yeah um, I don't, he didn't really kick his leg out. He kind of led more with his knee. Anyway, he did, he did. But, semantics, uh, really. Yeah, it looked... Anyway, in slow motion, looked mm. looked pretty unco, but um, yeah. you know, um, he issued a statement the next day saying he was, you know, apo- apologetic and yeah, wish it never course. happened, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, We're watching I, the rowing World Cup here live from uh, Germany. Australia's just won a medal, just won a medal, a gold medal of some sort. Is it a gold? Yeah, it's a gold. Their first, well, in the middle, so it's in from Lucerne in Switzerland. So sweet, oh, oh mate's happy with the long hair. Yeah, they love it. Long haired rower. Anyway, congratulations well, to those world champions. Australia are world champions in some form of rowing. Oh, I don't well know done, boys. Tight shorts, I think. The men's four. The, the men's awesome four. foursome. Yeah. It's the new awesome foursome. It is, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't tell you any of their names, but they're world champions. No, but you might hear about them in a reputable news in agency tomorrow, I'd say. Yep, uh, it'll be the third story behind the World Cup so, final. So anyway, you were saying, anyway. what do you reckon from the Philippines? Okay, so there? the Filipinos... I actually think they should be expelled from the World Cup qualifying. The whole team. Whole team. The whole, um, uh, what do they call it? Confederation, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah. And they should be expelled or banned from international participation in international competition for 12 months. 
Right. Not allowed to play anyone. Okay. And it's, it's not so much, I mean, for, for the players, of course. Sure. And, and they'll have their individual suspensions handed yep. down by FIFA. Sure. Um, but for the fact that their officials yep. attacked a player, yep. they had members of their crowd, so their, their, their own security sure. found that that falls back on the... On, on the Federation. Yep, on the yep. Federation. Um, and the thing that did it for me... This they had this 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 guy. He wasn't even playing as part of their squad. Yeah. Once the referees were trying to determine who did what, what was mm. going to happen, should we play the game? Yeah. Which in itself was farcical because they continued the game, and they had a yeah. Nine. So they continued the, the game with like three players. So they intentionally mm-hmm. fouled themselves out, so they had to forfeit, which mm. was just I've never seen anything like it in my life. No. Um, in any form of basketball at any level. But anyway, back to this guy, a benchy injured anyway, whatever it was during that little. Uh, um, you know, time out when you know everyone's sort of going, uh, "What yeah. the hell's just happened?" Yeah. He gets the, gets his team together and takes a selfie. The yeah, most in, insensitive thing I've ever seen, or the, the the biggest disrespectful lack of sportsmanship, whatever it is. Well, stupid, right? Just well, stupid. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for for that alone, I think he will probably cost the Filipinos um, that. I think most yeah, of the maybe. most of the fall fallout's going to come from that. Not so. I mean, players getting scuffles and have fisty cuffs and push and shoves. Yeah. That's what happens in competitive sport. But what happened after that is probably mm. um, worse. Worse. Way, yeah. way worse. I, mean, I you, can you, see you, where you're coming you, from. You, players <clears throat> get in fights, mm. but in no way can you have officials. No. You know, like, uh, what, what's with that pack mentality? I, I don't know. Pack, yeah, well, pack, it, pack man, pack man. Pa- yeah. And I'll tell you what. It definitely seemed like... Uh, the only person in the Philippines that can throw a punch is, is Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. <laughs> the rest of them are bloody hopeless. <laughs> well, once those basketballers see themselves on replay throwing those punches, they couldn't put a hole through a wet piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... Yeah, you can clearly see why they're playing basketball and not making money out of boxing. I mean, they're not, it wasn't the greatest fight. But... Uh, and it was quite concerning what happened. I, I, so I agree with you that uh, that as a whole, the Filipino Federation should be punished for, ex- like for exposing players to that type of safety breach and, and putting them in that vulnerable position. I, I, I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, but I don't think that's what will happen. I, I, I think what will happen is the Philippines will be made to play their, the rest of their qualifying games at a neutral venue. I, I don't see how you could run the risk of other teams being exposed to that environment I, I just don't think it will happen um, I think the officials so the coaches that came off the bench and the players that came off the bench probably should be punished more than the guys that were on the court at the time yep um, I mean there's, there's very clear and, rules uh, yeah. in basketball about that and I feel like probably in actual fact those guys should get bans that are linked like a years and not not months or games um, yep. Because yeah, what they did was and it, and these weren't these some of those guys the punches they were throwing and not that many of them connected. These were meant to to hurt and harm. No dog these shots. Are, yeah, these are ones that you know these were not you know like in the heat of the moment you know kind of like a a push and a shove and a something else here and there. This was yeah I'm gonna I just want to try and hurt you badly. Yeah, so. it's, it's street street mm. level gangster. Yeah, stuff. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but very poor. But at the same time, I mean, Daniel Kickett, you know, the shot that he made to that to that player's head, I, I kind of feel like, you know, whilst 
he was involved in the game, I feel like his his suspension should be fairly lengthy as well. Twelve weeks seems seems okay, I guess, but still probably doesn't match what you'd expect for the other guys either. So, mate, I don't know. Honestly, I can probably see why Fever's taken so long to sort it all out, mate. It's a bloody mess. Yeah, so it was it was the worst fight I've ever seen in a um, in a basketball game for sure. I agree with you. I'm at a hundred percent, mate. So and also never well, seen anything like it. And the, the way the game ended with. Uh, Referees with nine players getting ejected, oh. so the Philos only had uh, three to, players on court. To then restart the game with five on three, <laughs> yeah. when you're talking about player welfare, that's farcical. Like I Quarter and a half to go. Like, and, I, and quite frankly, I'm so glad the Filipinos had enough sense to actually foul out and, and end that game. That, yeah. that you just don't, I don't get it. I, I, when they restarted that game, I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. You know, so... Anyway, I mean, the fact that you would eject so many players and then have a five-on-three game, I mean, it's not Monday night competition. It's not social competition, for God's sake. Just end the game. Like, so. yeah. Anyway. So and, anyway. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously, you know, to, we would harp on this for ages, but uh, the fallout afterwards was quite comical. It was, yeah. With uh, a number of um, fake Twitter accounts being created yep. uh, from... Some zesty Filipino fans <laughs> who are quite good with their IT, or maybe maybe not so good on Photoshop, basically creating uh, screen snaps of of, yeah. of Boomers players um, u- using Photoshop to, uh, you know, quote them saying you know racial slurs and things about Filipinos and other, mm. other stuff like that. So they're quite passionate, the Filipinos, about all this, weren't they? There was a lot of social media uproar. And there will be more, obviously, when these suspensions and sanctions are handed down. I can't, I can't imagine it's far away. but Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to but see. their number one guy, he had a win today, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, so Pacquiao's back on top. He he's, took the uh, world featherweight title. Yeah, his first KO in nine years. Yeah, so uh, he must have had some inspiration from the basketball team. Yeah, how not to do it. Yeah, well. Uh, he did the right way. Yeah, and anyway, uh, like in the meantime, Jeff Horn's also been defeated, so who knows, right? So There might be a rematch coming, imagine that. <laughs> you reckon the Boomers will sit courtside? Oh, for, so, for well, so one side sits the Boomers and the other side sits the, the Gilas or whatever, the, the Filipino national team as well, right? So Maybe maybe Kickett can be one, like one of the guys holding the towel for Jeff Horn. <laughs> Could be a ring guy or yeah, something be good. like that. So. Could be a cornerman. And the, Had a and bit the, of spice. Yeah, absolutely. Goulding could be... Could be one of his trainers, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, that increased the pay-per-view price. <laughs> I'd probably pay to see that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that probably would be pretty funny, actually. We shouldn't make fun of it. Someone almost got hurt, but anyway. So. Almost, almost. And during the week, mate, last week, the State of Origin wrapped up. Yeah, well, Game three. it wasn't quite the 3-0 that we predicted, but uh, nah, you, you now, predicted the 2-1. I predicted 2-1. I, I, well, I thought Queensland would win it because they had a lot to play for in Game 3. But it was a hell of a game. I thought probably the last 30 minutes of, yeah, it was tough. of Game 3 was probably the toughest 30 minutes of the series, I thought. I thought it was... So they didn't they didn't let up the two teams. They played it with some heart. The I way thought. it all ended was pretty farcical. Mm. What do you think about Billy Slater getting the man of the oh, series? Honestly... Two games and that was just dumb. I can't understand it, mate. I Stupid. Can't. It just seems ridiculous. So, And honestly, like I am a little bit sick of... I, I get very sick of these individual awards like man of the matches and man of the series and player of the tournaments getting given out on sentimental favorites so yeah. if, if that wasn't given out as a sentimental thing then i'm not here that's yeah. unbelievable it's like, almost as bad as andrew johns getting the clive churchill in 2001 where well it clearly belonged to ben kennedy or bill peden well i mean at the end of the day we've seen it so much right like like, Andrew Johns is a good example. When he was playing for the Blues or for the Knights, if the team won, 
then he won man of the match. Mm. It was just stupid how consistent that was. Now, I'm not saying that he wasn't always up there as the best player, but I think there would have been times where he wasn't, and just because of the sentimentality of the whole thing, he yeah. wasn't given the award, right? Yeah. But in this instance, a player, Billy Slater, didn't play in the first game. No. Because of injury. He played a reasonable role in the second game, but his team lost. Correct, yep. <clears throat> and then he played what I wouldn't consider to be... He played a good role, but not a starring role in game three. Yeah. And takes home player of the series. Yeah, done. Like, so if you're Damien Cook, who for mine was the, the Blues' best player, yep. followed by Tedesco. Yep. Um, though, those two probably... Had played a, all three games. All three games. Played in a winning series. Played blinders each game. Mm-hmm. And probably could, could you know, quite comfortably lay a claim as to the, the award winner. But no one really cares about that anyway. It's um, well, it's just a shame. Right? The it's award just, itself. It's a shame because it, it just uh, yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> anyway, it just seems silly to yeah. give awards out on sentimentality. And also, too, what what I think they need to do is giving you know the Blues the shield and the right to celebrate after the game after a loss. They need to change that. You know, if you win in two, you hold the the shield after. The shield. So enjoy the win in the moment. Hold the shield when it's actually happened. It does feel a bit empty when you lose game yeah, three. And then it plenty of the Blues players yeah. said it themselves. So, you know, it would have been nice to win 3-0. A bit empty holding the shield up, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, let's change that NRL. We, we can do better with that. Um, that's one thing you can do to make that experience better. What did you think of the whole Origin series? Did you like it? Um, it was it was good to see some fresh faces. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it, there's fresh faces on both sides, right? Like, that's going to happen now for the next couple of years. You're going to see teams blooding people and trying to get new guys in there and yeah. I think it will be quite interesting and I actually think Billy, Billy Slater wasn't even Queensland's best player I think Queensland, Queensland's best player of the series was Valentine Holmes ah the old <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise what a surprise yeah, mate he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's an exciting player to watch and he's even better when he's on better teams you probably um, yeah, but like I mean like I, of course I accuse you of having a Sharks bias because you do but but that's probably not too far off the mark. He was pretty good. Yeah, you know? I mean, he, he scored that two <coughs> intercept tries in the series. Mm. He was the first try and all th- first try score in all three games, mm-hmm. and he took that defensive intercept, mm. uh, which which probably would have put the Blues yes, ahead. That, that diving, was, that was a good intercept. That was, that yeah, it was pretty yeah. pretty incredible. It was quite a poor pass from Maloney, but it was a good. It was a good diving yeah. take. And I think Val picked off Maloney maybe twice or three times in the series of intercepts. Yeah, so ex teammates. So, Cronulla Sharks, if anyone's listening from management, um, pay the guy what he wants. Is he in contract negotiations? 1.1 to 1.2 million per season over five years. We'll take it. Is that what he's asking? That's that's what he should be paid. Really? Not what he's asking. He should be paid that. We've got to keep him. Got to keep him. Anyway. Well, in in rugby league league circles too, the Bulldogs keep going from bad to worse. So, I sat there two weeks ago watching them, a week and a bit ago, watching them capitulate against the Raiders in the last... 15 minutes or in the last six minutes more than anything but the Souths are on top yeah would you have picked 19 rounds in no I wouldn't have picked the Bunnies are in clear first one one game clear unbelievable 28 points no but they I did so you you know you had heard that you know Michael Maguire had lost the faith of that playing group and they were a better playing group than what they were showing so it probably shows that you know a change in leader has helped them immeasurably like one thing I, I found out recently Getting was... Getting guys back fit probably helped. Yeah, which I wasn't aware of, was South Sydney recruited 
Parramatta's attack coach from last year. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, Souths are up there with the, one of the best attacks in the comp. Mm. Parramatta are down there coming last. Coming last. Um, with one of the worst attacks in the comp. Yep. So it just goes to show that uh, that your support staff and assistant coaches who don't get much of a mention mm. can actually play some pretty significant roles Definitely. in teams. And you can probably lock in Anthony Seabold as this year's NRL Coach of the Year. Oh, I'd say so, if, they're, um, if the bunnies stay out there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to see them which with their draw finishing any lower than sort of third or second. You wouldn't think so, would you? Um, and what about then... In the, the Dragons area? have got the wobble. Yeah, the Dragons do have the wobbles, actually. But don't you always wait for the Dragons to get the wobbles? I mean, yeah, they it's just happened a little front. bit later this time. But Yeah. Um, Melbourne, kind of... somehow, some way, they're up in second. Mm. Um, you know. Well, they're so consistent, the Storm, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know... I still think it's Melbourne's comp to lose. I think the last three wins, I think, have come by one point Mm -hmm. each game. Yeah, yeah. Scraped in by Manly this week, probably. But they're they're kind of that team who they've got so much experience. They just don't panic. Yeah. And they just they you know even if you so that game against Manly they were they thirteen twelve down and. You know, there's still 10 minutes to go and they never panicked and they worked I mean, away and got yeah. themselves a penalty. And Oh, I can't say the last three wins. They did put 50-odd on the Dragons yeah, the okay. week before. And see, that's where you go, well, the Dragons don't just have the wobbles, mate. The Dragons are on the on the deck. Yeah, Warriors, mm. they had a win today versus the Broncos, but mm. they've, uh, they're have they even wobblier. Yeah, they are. The New Zealand wobblies. New Zealand wobblies. What about your Sharks, Streety? Are they going to make any noise at all? Um, I think... As, as, as much as I want to see us do well, mm. I think at best we're probably good to make the final four. Yeah. Um, you think that'll be an achievement, and then that'll be. Oh, I don't think I, th- I think it'll be a disappointment because we we have got a squad good enough. Yeah. Talent wise to 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 do well and, and mm. potentially win it, but yeah, I just think that uh, all the cogs aren't turning all at once yep. somewhere. Yep. But we we might get it sorted. Matty Moylan's looking good at the moment. He's he's um you know under the radar putting up some good numbers, try assists. Had a blinder against Penrith on Friday night. Mm. Um, but we'll see how we go. I think it all starts with our forwards, um, and maybe with the addition of Aaron Woods, we've got that extra guy there to help out. Yeah, Who good knows? Luck. We'll see. Have, you can have Sharon all you want. Sharon can't Woods. get any worse. And what about the AFL Streety? Richmond go down today. Yes. Now we heard from a good friend of ours that. The, that Richmond can't win away from the MCG. We both agree that probably doesn't matter because they may not have to. That's right. If they finish first, right? Fini- so. Yep. So all the home games, prelim, grand final, all at the MCG, all where it counts. Yeah, and so the biggest grand of them all. Yeah. Mm. So like, so it probably goes to show that you probably would tailor your game plan to that ground because yeah, if you're good enough, you're going to be there, aren't you? Yeah. So, they, well, they got beat by the GWS Giants. Yeah. At Spotless Stadium, which is probably one of the smaller grounds, I believe. And there's a good chance our mate Adam Clark and his family would have been the only four Tiger supporters there because Giants don't get anyone going to their games. No, they don't, actually. It's a pretty good game to go to if you want heaps of seat room. Because there's yeah. not many people there, right? That's cor- that's correct. And the Swans had a, oh, a nail-biting win today against two the two point Kangaroos, game, which is good. So the Giants yeah. won by two. Well, and the Tigers kicked 17 behinds, I believe, somewhere in that vicinity. Brutal, and the Swannies up by six. Not a great percentage, I don't think. Yeah. I think you probably need to kick better than 17 behinds. So Richmond and West Coast uh, head up the ladder, one Mm. one and two, equal records. My 
Premiership winner prediction. The Sydney Swans are up in the top four. Do you still really think the Swans are going to win the Premiership? I do. I think they're... Well, I, I tipped them to play the Melbourne Demons. Wow, really? Um, yeah. I think the Demons are, you know, probably have a, a little bit of a lull mid, mid-year, but they'll come good again. Yeah, right. Um, and it probably looks like the eight will be fairly set as it is. Well, I hope so. I can't see any anyone else outside the eight, like North Melbourne, Hawthorne or Adelaide aren't going to turn themselves around and be any good anymore. Yeah, I expected more from Adelaide. I thought they, given their last couple of years... Still a fair few rounds to go, though. Yeah, anything <clears throat> can happen. Four or six rounds to go, I think. Yeah. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see. Well, we waffled on for 48 minutes and, and mentioned the World Cup soccer for maybe two of it, so let's... Let's talk about the World Cup soccer. Let's get into it. Hmm. The World Cup final. So, Moscow. Like we mentioned, yeah, so Vladimir will be there. Putin's there. Mm-hmm. Um, Vladimir... He'd have to be going for France, wouldn't he? Surely he would be, right? There's no way he... Well, I don't know. Croatia... Well, Croatia beat Russia. Yeah, they did, but I don't think anything happens without Vladimir's say-so, so maybe he was happy for Croatia to beat Russia. Could be, but maybe Vladimir doesn't... Maybe he dislikes so, France more than Croatia. We had a good article up earlier that showed a little bit of the difference between the two teams, and when I say the difference, I'm not talking about we're going to read out the sides because you can go somewhere else for that. This was quite a good insight into what the difference between the two countries is. Yeah. So let's go through these differences, Streety. So France have a FIFA ranking of seven in the world. Yep. Croatia twenty. I'm surprised by the ranking of seven. They're obviously better than that, and their, their ranking France? will go quite yeah. higher. I find the FIFA rankings to be a bit deceptive, though. Yeah. Number of World Cup appearances. France have appeared in fifteen World Cup finals. Croatia only five. First in '98. So, so they've only well, but they did have a couple of problems with the civil war. They might not have existed before that anyway. So. You know, they did have their own little genocide problems happening yeah. as well, I believe. This so. is a really interesting stat. Yeah. The number of men in prime age for soccer. So, this stat refers to how many people in the country are at their prime to play the game of soccer. Yeah. Even I don't if you, know how they keep this even, statistic. Even if you, it's probably just an age. Yeah. So, they might yep. be saying if you're between 18 and 35. 35, then you're it. And you're a male. Yeah. Um, there's 7.9 so, million of you. So in France, there are 7.9 million people that they could have picked to make up their 11 men that go out there tonight. Yep, not... Well, no, we won't go there. Right. Okay, <laughs> yep, right. Um, Notwithstanding anyone who sits on the fence. Right? Yep. Yep. And uh, 513,000... In Croatia. In Croatia. So that's like... So the, a, so the pool of talent... Is slightly bigger in France than it is in Croatia. That's right, like by the tune of like 14 times. Well, the Croatian one before that genocide I spoke of might have been double that, but anyway, that's okay. We'll move on to... Yeah. Um, Now, however, this statistic might blow you away. The proportion of male population that doesn't exercise enough. Again, I have no parameters on what was referenced here, but obviously the proportion of those 7.9 and 513,000 men that don't actually exercise, well, 19% of the French population don't exercise enough in that age group, yep. and only fi- compared to only 15% in Croatia. The five others, so the pool to choose from is even lower. Yeah, that's right. And so, I'll, we'll, I'll give you a bit of a, you know, not really a stat, but a fact, two of the world's best midfielders mm. um, are Croatian. Aren't Croatian. They are, they play yeah. with Luka Modric, yeah, uh, and the other guy that plays for Barcelona. Yep. Um, well, but Barcelona has Modric and 
right. the other other field of plays for Real Madrid scored a goal in the Champions League final. Is that right? So out of that uh, okay. five hundred thirteen thousand, less than fifteen percent, you aren't fit enough. Pretty good ones. You've got the two two of the world's best midfielders. Well, pretty impressive. So the other statistic that we saw here was the level of happiness in both countries. Yes. So, um, so there's a world happiness index. If you didn't know, um, now uh, just FYI. Croatia, out of all of the EU nations that qualified for the World Cup, Croatia are the unhappiest. I don't... Yeah, I don't can, can, That's a tough one. Like, according to the World Happiness Index, they scored a rating of 5.32 versus 6.49 in the World Happiness Report 2018. Now, I haven't got hold of that World Happiness Report and had a read yet, but I, I don't, so I don't know how it measures it. Um, but that's concerning. So maybe Croatia, that they could turn that statistic around if they get a win tonight. I mean, you probably have to attribute that. Maybe a lot of people are carrying some baggage. Maybe, yeah. But uh, in terms of, well, France is pretty good. It's got a lot of pastries. It does. Cheese. I mean, Croatia's no, no no slouch on the beauty front either. Is that? Yeah, right. It's, it's quite a, a good looking country in, the, in, really? in terms of like its it's landscape wise. It's or landscape, or its, or its geography, its yeah, coastline. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Apparently they've got the shits about that. Though. The Croatians, they don't care too much about that. No, but the, and and some of the photos we've seen this week of some of the female Croatian fans have been um, right, quite very good. impressive, very impressive. Okay. Yep. So yep. I'm not sure how you couldn't be happy with the the, the quality of the no lady talent in Croatia. No. So who do you think's going to win, Strudy? Oh, listen, uh, my heart um, says or hopes that. We get a first-time winner in Croatia. Mm-hmm. I, I put a graphic up on our Facebook page the other day that every 20 years, um, a country wins. Um, the World a Cup new country f- wins. New country wins. A World Cup for the, the wins their first World Cup. And is it 20 years? Yes. Wow. So Croatia. So it was 58 was Uruguay. Mm. 78 was Argentina. Right. Uh, 98 was France. Wow. Um, and then here we are, 2018. 2018. Croatia, Croatia have a chance. They have a chance. That's amazing. Um, it'll be hard to overcome the French team. Um, I just really hope that this game doesn't revert to a dive fest. I mean, in terms of theatrics, mm. France are probably the best at it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's, it's shit to watch. Dude. It is, yeah. Dudes going down and they get breathed on or sneezed on and they, you know. It ruins the spectacle. I tell you what I hate. I hate it when one team goes up 1-0. And they just shut it down and put everyone behind the ball. Well, that's what happened to England. Um, right. In their semi and it burned them. They got they too did. conservative. They should have should have kept just scored in the fifth or sixth minute. Yep. And then um, they just thought, oh, okay, well we'll just we'll try and protect this. We'll one try and protect it, but you know, just goes to show mm. that you know, if you do that, you get beat. You do. Unfortunately, you just got to go for it. Now, what about the two listeners that are going to be alive in our sports and spin? Oh yeah, well, so the sweep. The sweep. Comes down to Adam Melmoth. Ah, uh, Melly. He's got Croatia. He's got the Croatians, the unhappiest country in the EU, apparently. Yep. And Pat the Gangster Calabria. Well, Pat saying the that. Gangster Calabria. Just drawing it? a parallel with his name Calabria and the Calabrese Mafia. Yeah, right. Okay. He's probably probably a good bloke. He probably is. We, we don't know. We don't him. know if he's associated with any mafia. He, but yeah, he's drawn France in the sweep, so that was a pretty good get. So for it comes him. down to two in our Sports and Spit sweep. France, Croatia, Melmoth versus Calabria, and we don't know who's going to win. 
And we don't know what they're going to win. Oh, well, let, <coughs> let, no, no. Well, uh, it will be some we'll, sports bit merchandise of some description. Yeah, we'll make some up, fellas. Well, when we're making things up, let's make up some predictions. What have we got? Well, I think that Croatia will win 2-1. 2-1. And I think... Um, Is it going the 90 or are we going extra I, time? No, I don't think it'll go extra time. I think, uh, I think it'll be decided in regulation, and I think Croatia will score in injury time. Ooh. Right, so I think it will be one all, and and I believe then that they will steal a late winner. I think that what they showed against um, pretty much everyone they've played in the last three games is they know how to play a tight game. They're Ironman too, though. Their games. They've got their legs underneath them. I think they're probably the fittest team in the World Cup. Well, they have to be because the they're... fact they've stayed out there the longest. Three games have all gone to extra time. Mm. So I think uh, I, I know that might have taken something out of them, but I think that. I think Croatians are going to rise to the occasion, mate. And I think the French, uh, I just kind of feel like the French maybe think that they've got it won and they haven't. Yep. So I feel like they're a bit overconfident. They might be pulling a bit of an England. I believe so. Yeah, I think so. And I think the French had to kind of, you know, they had to qualify the hard way. Belgium, you know, that was probably worthy of a final. France versus Belgium, those two teams. And, it, and, I, and I just maybe feel like France will drop their guard a little bit, especially yeah. coming towards the end of end of regulation if it's one all. I think they'll feel like they'll just go to extra time or penalties. Yeah, That's my prediction, mate. I'm going out there. I'm going out there on a limb. Yeah, okay. There's no consequences if I do. So I'm well, going to take the dark horse. I'm going to take Croatia. I and think, you're welcome uh, to take him yourself. No, no. Nah, nah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be going for Croatia. Yeah. Um, I just think that France will win the game 1-0. Yeah, and they'll score a second half goal between the fifty third and the sixty fifth minute, somewhere in That's that. Very bracket. specific. Yep, I'm, I'm being specific. Very specific. And is that is that based on any science of like you know their game plan, or you just went you know what I'm just going to pick a random number here? Well, I, I think it'll be a bit of a tussle to start with, mm. um, and I think the first sort of fifteen or twenty minutes might be a case of. And them sort of feeling themselves out and maybe not sort of uh, taking too many risks, especially <coughs> defensively. Yep. With, um, you know, drawing a yellow because that can come at, come back to haunt you yep. when you get a bit desperate towards the end of the game. Mm. You defend a bit harder and stuff. Well, yeah, um, here's it. Here, okay, I'll add to my prediction. I think that goal that Croatia will snag in the in injury time will be a penalty. Oh, I think it'll be a controversial penalty. We haven't had much controversy yet. I think, well, early on in the tournament there was controversy. And I think the VAR's VAR. gone on holidays, but it hasn't come out. It seems like it. It seems like Putin maybe might have bombed that bloody bunker that they were in in Russia. It's interesting. It was, it so the first couple of games was very prevalent, but it's mm. kind of... It's lined it's up with lead. It's almost been like, uh, it's been a bit of a MO out there to sort of, hey, just... Just back off the VAR. Back off, yeah. Mm. Let the players decide. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems like that's what's happening, at least the uh, latter rounds. But I reckon you're going to see the VAR make an appearance again in the oh, final, and it'll be a cool. controversial one. I wonder if there's a market for that. That'd be kind of uh, a pretty cool thing to... Uh, oh, if you could bet on whether the VAR gets involved. Yeah. yeah that's I'll have a look one. later on sports bet. Yeah, we'll have a look and we'll tell you how we go. So that's our big predictions for the World Cup final. I'll tell you what will be interesting as well. After all this is over... Mate, the next World Cup in Qatar is going to be wild. There's, like, controversy around that like nothing else. Yeah. Like, just the fact that they first won it, whether they can host it, whether it's going to be 48 teams, whether it's going to be even held all in Qatar, like, because of all the different situations that's going on over there, I reckon... Stay tuned on the Soccer World Cup, mate. It's not going to be pretty for the next four years, I don't think, before that one runs again. Well, that's just, I mean, 
let's just say hypothetically, I think it will be there, but if it isn't, mm. if they had to award a World Cup, you know, because it almost happened with the Olympics. Yeah. When, when Athens hosted it. It did, yeah. They almost, it was, it was kind of, you know, it was in the pipeworks that they were just going to re-award it back to Sydney mm-hmm. uh, because we had everything there existing. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually in Athens uh, when they when the Athens Olympics were on. We went to the uh, some events at the Paralympics. Oh, yeah, right. And the uh, Olympic Park in Athens was a building site. Is that right? It was right? terrible. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. In, the, in the main stadium, I remember me and uh, our friend yeah. uh, going down to trackside. Yeah. And they had bits of steel Rio sticking out of the concrete. Oh, wow. Uh, just, just sort of, you know, they just yeah. was covered by sort of sponsor banners and wow. st- it was just temporary fencing around. It was just... All it, of the whole thing because they terrible. just didn't get it finished. Didn't yeah. get it finished. It was a bodge job, Athens. Yeah. And then obviously the country went broke after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still haven't finished any of it because yeah. it's all derelict buildings. But I mean, now. if you had to award a World Cup, um, if Qatar didn't get it, if they, for some reason, you know, mm. there was you know, security threats, you know, whatever it may be on a mm. political landscape, and FIFA go, we're going to back off this. What would, what would be your tip to, to host it at short notice? Where does it go? Yeah, where does it go? Uh, I think what will happen is, uh, I think, so, I mean, it, like, you kind of make logical sense of it and kind of go, well, if sponsorship money drives where they go, then it would go to somewhere in Europe yeah. or the United States or North America where there's enough stadiums to kind of accommodate it all. But in actual fact, what I think will happen, if if that situation ever arose, and I'm, I th- I'm with you, I don't necessarily think it will. I, I think it probably never will happen. But Because I think they just wouldn't want the egg on their face, right? But if, no. if the wheels completely fell off, I think they would keep it in the same confederation. So they would keep it in the Asian federation. Yeah. And what they would do is they would split the games up between a number of different countries, right? So... So they would say, okay, well, we're going to use a stadium in in Dubai, or you know, I mean, they're going to use a stadium here or a China, stadium Japan, there, Korea. like all different places, right? So, um, so that in actual fact, it's it's not favouring one nation, and they then can't be accused of yeah. another type of favouritism after all of that's happened, yeah. right? So, um, I don't think it would go back to the last person to host it because, you know, I actually don't think that they'd maintain those stadiums. I think in the end, some of those stadiums get no. torn down. Well, I mean, for <laughs> me. I don't think if they had to cancel for you know move it for you know say security risks or mm. whatever I yeah. think they would take it to um, somewhere that would be the polar opposite really um, I, yeah. I don't think it would go the, the North America as they're holding it after that mm. um, so I think um, it would be probably shared between England and France yeah right um, and then with the possibility of, of having it maybe in Germany or you know yeah, Germany and the Netherlands sharing it but Look, whether whether it went to the, to to European nations or stayed in Asia, I think it would just be split across a number of different countries. Yeah. And I think that that, from a security perspective, I think that's because it would make it much harder to coordinate attacks yeah. against um, locations in different countries yeah, right. and get people there and true. and you know have enough kind of I guess you know sophistication around it. But anyway, bit bit, bit of a morbid one. talk. It is, but anyway, it's an interesting one. But look, I think tonight's World Cup final is going to probably be one of the best. I don't think the two teams are going to make it a defensive slugfest. Yeah, I good, think, that'd be good. I think they're going to attack, and I think they're... Well, we... They're, it's going to be wild. I think it's going to be a great game. Are you staying up to watch it? Uh, I probably won't, to be honest. I'll probably watch the replay. Yeah, okay. Um, mainly because my surgery has led me to be quite tired, and so I probably... I, I would love to stay up and watch. I normally would, um, but I feel like I probably wouldn't make it to kick off at 1am. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, mate? Are you going to give it a crack or what? Oh, we'll see. 
Maybe. Yeah. Well, the Wimbledon final starts in like half an hour. It's like not too far oh, away. Well, so I might, I might you have can a, watch that straight into... I might, might have a couple of coffees and hit it. Now, just a bit of an update for all you Kiwis in there. Your women's eight have just won a... That's some fantastic news. A World Cup rowing title in Lucerne again. Yep. The Kiwis, the ladies eight, win a gold medal. I'll tell you what, maybe we need to learn more about rowing because bugger me, I don't know. I'll be buggered if I know what the difference is between all these events. Like, four and eight. Well, you got well, eight, eight rows in one, four and no, eight. No, that's, that's not easy. true because they've just had <laughs> no, because they've just had a bunch of four blokes rolled out, and they were different to the other f- bunch of four blokes who, when Australia won the title. Well, they have Cox, so some some <clears> have <throat> a Coxwain, some don't. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's been a bit of a problem. But anyway, New Zealand um, on on top of the sporting world in women's yeah, eight rowing, loving it. New Zealand. They've got some beautiful lakes there to train on. They do too. That's right. Wanaka. Yeah, you wouldn't like Wanaka. Wakatipu. Lake Wakatipu in Queenstown. Yeah. And there we go. We just flicked over in the ITU triathlon event. In, oh. Where's that at? At Hamburg. In Germany. Germany. Yeah. All these events are happening yep. in Europe. They're Hamburg. Getting, they're getting them in early before the World Cup final. To quote the great Paul Kelly, a chilly city suits a troubled <clears> soul. But Hamburg is anything but chilly today. By the looks, it's it looks uh, fantastic. Sunny and mm. the ladies are on their bikes riding Pushing hard. Yeah, absolutely. Their swimmers definitely. They're going well. And uh, what else we got on sport wise? I got the Moto GP. Yeah, a bit of motorbike riding. Oh, someone's won. Someone's happy. Forty six looks like um, Mark Valentino Rossi. Uh, winner coming second. Oh yeah, Valentino Rossi's come second. Where's this on at? This is on in Germany as well. Germany. I tell you what, the Germans are busy today. Well, they're not. They want to keep themselves busy. They, they don't want to see. Because they're not win. playing in the World Cup, are they? No. So all the women's surfing world tours on as well. Oh, maybe. Um, in J Bay. Yeah. What's the name? Who lost the? Um, who did we just mention earlier? Who lost the? Um, Bethany, Bethany Hamilton. She's probably, yeah, she's probably surfing, surfing that one. And coming to. Oh, you here we go. Live from. Uh, what looks to be Israel is the World Lacrosse Championships. Yeah, have you ever played lacrosse? I haven't played lacrosse. It looks like a fun game. It does look like a fun game. It doesn't look like anyone's there watching. Like it looks it's like very, there's it's, no it's, one there. It's, it's quite a popular sport for American high school movies. Uh, yes, it is quite popular for that. Like American Pie. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, there you go. That's Nova. Casanova. He, he was a good um, lacrosse no. player. So the Irish have just gone up six-two against Latvia. In case you're wondering, that's a, that's a bit of an odd match. Ireland playing lacrosse. Yeah, well, they'd be pretty good at it, isn't it? A little bit like Gaelic. There's some Gaelic games with like oh, yeah. lacrosse type scenarios. Just the whole concept of Ireland being good as any sport, just every, with their every, reputation. Every time, you see, now that there's so many sports channels, everyone fights for content, right? And that's why events like this get a start. Because every time I watch an event and I can see the portaloos that have been brought in. For the crowd, <laughs> I feel like maybe the crowd's not big enough. Yeah, like, this is the world championships, and I yeah look, there's seven or so people that have come to watch. Well, I reckon the, that that selection of 28 Irish fans have drunk hmm. the um, Netanya, the town of Netanya in Israel, out of Guinness. Can you imagine this conversation? Right, you you come home and you say to your wife. They've just announced that where the World Lacrosse Championship is going to be. It's going to be in Israel. We've got to get there. So really, I don't see that happening. I don't see you making a pilgrimage to Israel to watch the World Lacrosse Championships. I feel like maybe 
that's family and family only. If we were on a bucket list trip, would yeah. you had it? Would you oh, had it down there? If I won, if I won the lotto, yeah, I'd go and watch it. No, what if you had two months to live? Oh yeah. Well, you did. Maybe. Well, I did have two months to live. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I didn't treat that serious enough. Now that you put it like that. Well, I mean, if it's mm. a good movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. Anyway, that probably means that we've run out of content for the show, I'd say. What could be some lessons about. learned. <laughs> so, you know, our best advice is enjoy the World Cup. Maybe watch some Wimbledon. Yep. Make sure you get the bucket list written down because you just never know. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. So, and if you've just got a new pacemaker, congratulations to you. Yeah. Welcome to the club. And did, did we go through the whole episode without mentioning the NBA? We did. Oh, no, you, we mentioned that Malik's in the Palace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned LeBron James not winning finals. Yeah, okay. So we, we threw it in there. We well, you know, like the major news came last week. We touched yeah, on that, and it's been... Yeah. We won't talk about that. We'll talk about it next time. Not much going on there at the moment. Thanks for joining us, Sports and Spit, episode 14. Thank you. We're going to play a bit of an outro song, the one yep. that sneaked in earlier. Yep. Play a different one for you. See you next time. The happy-go-lucky tune. Go Croatia. If they win, Andrew Bogue will be happy. He will. And every Australian will claim themselves to be Croatian. That's right. Alright, dudes. We'll see you for number 15 next, but make sure you listen to this before kickoff. Out. Otherwise it'll be out of context. Yes. Bye bye. <laughs>